In this episode of Fool Nerd. Oh, wait. What the hell is it? Oh, Reddit. Got it. In this episode of Fool Nerd, Reddit Revolt, GPU sales sag, and your questions answered. Welcome to episode 261 of the Fool Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with Ghost Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And Eleni in the box next to other Brad. Hello. And Anna Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. It's true. We're uh, we're back in the saddle, back in the office. It's been about a month for me, so uh, glad to be here. I had, I had to update everything because everything was out of date. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, for for those who remember our Computex coverage, uh, we have a bag on the uh, on the table here of uh, Guai Guai, um, which translates to like be good. You like put that bag on stuff that you need to like operate efficiently. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring this bag in and put it on Gordon because he needs to uh, operate efficiently today for hosting the podcast. So far, so good, pretty much. <laughs> so Gordon, be good. Be good, be good. Yeah, uh, no, I, I will be good. And I, I do want to mention some breaking news, although uh, it is outside of a normal kind of like coverage area. And that is AMD just concluded its data center briefing in San Francisco. We uh, weren't there. We weren't there. Um, we we got invited, but I just I didn't think I was up for it personally. And also, data center stuff is obviously quite outside our normal coverage area. But uh, the big news is they have you know formerly Genoa is here, ninety six cores, uh, and also uh, Bergamo was also announced, which is so Genoa is Zen four based as we know and love it uh, from our current current uh, CPUs Ryzen CPUs, uh, and Bergamo is 128 cores based on Zen 4C, basically kind of like a shrunken down Zen 4, smaller cache. I'm looking at a story from uh, Anton Shilov over at uh, Tom's Hardware. Uh, you know, and again, it, it doesn't really apply to us. It's just kind of crazy core density. They both run on DDR5 and uh, looks like 360-watt TDP. According to the Tom's Hardware story from a few days ago, uh, previewing uh, some of it, um, but obviously crazy amount of cores, and uh, Intel actually yesterday preemptively announced, I think, that they are saying, yeah, you know, core density is great, which obviously they're losing because they have 56-core Sapphire Rapids, but um, our AI performance is better. So they have that's, – that's where Intel and AMD are already fighting. This is data center stuff. So we can generally ignore that fight for consumers. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to get that in there for the breaking news portion. Breaking news. Gordon's breaking news. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, we, we got actual news to get to. Uh, this this is something I actually have not been following. So, uh, Elena, I think you wrote an article about it. So, can you can you tell us what the hell's going on with Reddit? Uh, in a one sentence nutshell, Reddit's users are mad at the CEO. <laughs> is it only the CEO? I mean, obviously, it's gonna be the whole management team. I, I don't think any company operates in such a manner that the CEO can be that autocratic. But uh, the gist of it is that. Um, Reddit decided to start charging for API calls. So uh, if I remember right, it's 24 cents. Yeah, it's like 24 cents for every 1,000 calls, which may sound like not that much at first like blush, but given how many times that an app, a third-party app is going to make an API call just to get, you know, the data from, a, sorry, from Reddit so that you can read your favorite I am I the butt face uh, post. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that a real thing? <laughs> Am I the butt face? 
Uh, that's the that's the that's the toned down version of the one that I actually <laughs> <did>. <laughs> I'll let you figure out what word to censored uh, for that sub. Um, <laughs> that uh, it was going to uh, add up to like astronomical costs for a lot of these third party app developers, and so one of them. Apollo for Reddit, which is really popular for the Apple crowd, uh, came out and said that it's going to cost him something like $20 million a month to uh, pay those fees. And it's going to put him out of business. And so that he said that he was anticipating having to shutter the app once the new um, policy takes effect, which would be July 1st. So not even that much time. So the announcement was made last week on June 5th, if I remember right. So it's basically giving them less than 30 days to figure it out or, you know, basically close shop. Um, And then there was some, (laughs) if you want to read about it, uh, The Verge actually does a really good job of like tracking all the like they said, and then he said, and then they said kind of stuff, because it gets kind of wild. Um, There was like blackmail accusations and like, all kinds of other things. And then Reddit held and um, the Reddit CEO held and ask me anything, um, which is basically you have a post and then in real time people ask questions and then you reply to the comments. Right. Uh, and that didn't go over well. Um, a lot of, a lot of the replies were uh, expletive filled and um, not positive towards Reddit. And during that same week when all the back and forth was happening and other app developers were saying third-party app developers were, sorry, third-party app developers were saying that they also would be priced out and they would ha- also have to close down. So like Reddit is fun is another one that was saying similar things. Um, a bunch of the moderators of different subreddits got together and said, hey, we're going to basically hold a protest. We're going to go dark next week for a couple of days to basically say like, hey, this site is basically user driven and you are imposing policies that are going to make it a lot more difficult for, you know, the moderation team to be able to do their jobs, which is not paid at all, right? Like these are basically people are getting together and saying like, hey, we want to have a group that discusses if somebody is a butt face, (laughs) right? Like, Mm -hmm. And then you have like, thousands and thousands if not millions of users that come and join the community and then of course because we're humans you're going to need moderators to keep it relatively civil or keep things from going completely off the rails and nobody gets paid for doing that for dealing with sometimes the worst parts of humanity Mm. and so they're saying like hey don't kill these apps that we use to make our jobs easier and also this is just kind of a, a really terrible way of approaching it so a bunch of subreddits signed up for this pledge. It started yet the the blackout started yesterday. Some subs started going dark earlier on the weekend, and there's actually a tracker. Um, it's called Red Dark, so R E D D D A R K. Um, the website isn't getting as updated as quickly as the Twitch stream that the same person or same group is ho- hosting, and um, it's basically tracking how many of the pledge subreddits are actually dark right now and a lot of them are and there's a lot of really big ones so like um uh today i learned uh funny a bunch of them are that are like in the double digit million so like 40 million 30 million subscribers are dark right now and uh, the number of pledges keep going up but i've been watching and like the number of them also going dark is not going as always at at fast a clip as yesterday so it'll be interesting to see if they get beyond this like roughly 96% 
of like all pledged subreddit number right now. Where the actual the, gone dark. To me, the actual number of subreddits that have gone dark is more noticeable than the percentage versus pledged. Like there's like over eight thousand as of yesterday subreddits that went dark. Like it's a big protest. Yeah, it's like about eight thousand two hundred right now. Let me look at the stream real quick. I have it up somewhere in my many browser tabs. There we are. It's at eighty four oh one. So 8,400 subreddits have gone dark in protest. So we'll see. Uh, my my thing that I'm kind of curious is what your takes are on this is like, how how effective do you think this is going to be, right? Like, do you think a two-day is really going to, two-day protest is really going to get their notice? Or do you think that people are going to have to hold out longer? Because some subreddits have also pledged to go longer than the 48 hours. They basically are saying like, we're going to stay dark until some kind of reasonable concessions are or at least discussions are had because one of the biggest um, complaints that third-party app developers have been having uh, are saying is that they just can't get a hold of anybody to actually discuss this properly. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a two-day protest is going to change things immediately, but it is extremely, you know, large at this point. But it does feel like it will take more than this to get them to blink because it's 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 a, it's clearly a staring contest. I don't think Reddit has Reddit commented about this. Yeah, they said all? we respect your right to protest, but nothing's changing. Yeah, so I mean, they're <laughs> they're just like go go yeah, go pound sand. There's, so I don't think there's it, some important important context behind all this too that I think is worth mentioning. Reddit uh, declared for an IPO like two years ago, so they're looking to go public. Uh, they still haven't because the world being what it is. Uh, and they're trying really hard. Their valuation has dropped a lot, so they're trying to make money. So one of the big issues, what they're basically doing now is what Elon Musk did with Twitter. It's saying, hey, screw all you third-party apps that made us popular. We're going to lock stuff down so we can show you ads in our official app. Right, And that's an issue because Reddit has traditionally neglected its app very, very badly. Like it originally, uh, the app that they use now, they actually bought from a third-party developer before, you know, it's based off of that. <clears throat> but uh, something like 30% of Reddit users, the hardcore users, the one who go back and use it every day, who tend to be in their comment and stuff the most, use these third-party apps. A lot of the moderators do because they include all kinds of tools and stuff that uh, aren't included in the official Reddit app whatsoever aren't included on the website. Uh, so what Reddit is basically trying to do is force everybody into their own app and showing them ads. I, I'm not a programmer. The thing that confuses me with both Twitter and this is I don't understand why they can't make their API usage say, hey, you can use our APIs to make Reddit apps or Twitter apps, but you also have to show our ads and send us the money for those ads. Like I would think you could make that part of the usage. But instead, they're trying to shut everything down and get everyone in the official apps, which suck. Yeah. As in, it sucks as a move, and the Reddit app sucks. So, <laughs> But, it, I mean, there's parallels. A lot of other companies have done the same thing because, you know, they start off as these kind of, you know, grassroots kind of, you can, it's open to everybody, but eventually, when you got to make money, you have to control yeah, the experience, you have to control the UI. I mean, the, the difference here is that... It is something like 25, 30% of people use third-party apps to access Reddit. And those are the heaviest users. Those are the ones who moderate the sites, who comment all the time. Right. And those are the ones, if they want to get into a staring contest in the hopes of shoring up their ad numbers before going public or their revenue numbers, 
like losing your top 25 to 30 ish percent of people because they're not going to, a lot of people are just like, I'm not going to use Reddit anymore after this. We'll see how much of that actually happens, but they're taking away generally useful tools with no warning and people are mad. Yeah. I can't see that uh, ever happening. Another- oh, of m- many people. I know many Reddit moderators, and they have no desire to try to use the Reddit app for moderation oh, tools. No, I mean, I understand that part. Uh-huh. That, that, sorry, Lainey, you had something to say? Uh, I was going to also add one other bit of detail. There's just a lot going on with this. So another detail, uh, I hadn't had a chance to confirm this, but there's, I think, somebody also, a couple of people also saying that they think they're, they're also going to kill off old Reddit, which is also going to turn off a lot of people on desktop. Because the new commenting like um, tree system is like just kind of terrible to navigate through the UI. Like I personally hate it. I use an extension on desktop to make it look more like the old style. And I probably also have old Reddit enabled for that to happen. I don't remember anymore. It's been years. But uh, yeah, it's basically a lot of it seems to be a push towards um, getting the monetization more under their full control. Right. And, you know, they have, I do want to point out, no way, actually, who just has, who, maybe that was somebody else. Did they just recently have layoffs at Reddit too? Or is that, uh, I think 90 people. Probably. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just a story of everybody, but I, I'm actually kind of surprised, uh, that it is handled so <laughs> in, in such a clumsy manner because I, I understand it's a business. They want to make money, obviously serving ads most of their revenue stream i was just looking does come from um, advertising i it's really hard to say how much they actually make because they are a private company but you know i've seen numbers from you know 200 million to 300 million in ad revenue and that was for 2022 so maybe it's gone up good um in that time so i understand why they want to do it but i'm just surprised that they would just try to nuke all the third-party apps before all the tools are in place. Cause I would have thought the way to do it is just to buy a couple of the key competitors and just integrate it into one super app, have the tools for the mods and then get everybody happy instead of just like, you know, it's our way or the highway. So this, it, it does seem like a, a really clumsy, you know, the, this could have been avoided, but they just decided to do it in such a, such a rough shot matter. <laughs> I, I can understand why people are pissed off because like, if you're doing this work for free and they're going to make it hard for you, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to go out of your way to work for free for them, right? So that's it makes zero sense. Yeah, it's clumsy and it's frankly disrespectful. Like people have been building these apps forever, using these apps, building up these communities, using their own, like ignoring the apps themselves, which do make money off of being sold and whatnot. But the 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 communities themselves and putting in their own time and using these tools to build these up over years, and to just be like, well, you got thirty days to figure it out. Go F yourselves. Uh, that really sucks. Like, if they really cared about the community, if they want to do this in the right way, they could have. Again, who knows? Maybe they could have figured out a way to make the API access include you have to show our ads and give us that money. But may, they could have said, hey, you've got six months, and then this is happening. Figure it out. You've got 12 months. Figure it out. It's it's the 30 days out of nowhere. And before they pulled the rug out, about third-party apps, when they first introduced this API change, they obfuscated it. They were saying, we're going to put this in here just because, you know, ChatGPT, all these AI startups, they're starting to scrape all of our data. So we're mm-hmm. going to put this API change in effect to keep them from scraping our data and then use that as a Trojan horse uh, to 
nuke all these third-party apps, and a lot of people feel like it's a bait and switch. So there's a lot of anger amongst Reddit users right now, uh, and a lot of it is righteous, in my opinion. But yeah, it just someone's going to blink. Two days is not, I don't think, going to be enough to get them to capitulate on any point because. I mean, it's very easy to wait out 48 hours. It's not like it's a critical service. It, the size and scope of it, I think, hopefully will get some of the points across. And I think if they actually do follow through and cut off access to those apps, uh, they will notice that it's going to be more than two days. They're going to lose a large chunk of their, you know. We'll have to see, right? Because a lot of people said they're going to leave Twitter and they really haven't fully left Twitter. I don't think in any significant amount. Obviously not the same scenario. But, yeah, but... Uh, 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 Slashdot uh, reposted something from The Verge where apparently there's an internal memo from the CEO saying like, yeah, it's just a blip, whatever. They're just throwing a temper. Basically, I'm summarizing this. This is not verbatim, but basically summarizes. They're just throwing a temper tantrum. They'll get over it. Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said for that because we saw the same temper tantrums. And again, we're not getting into the rights or wrongs of, of Twitter, but believe me, <laughs> a lot of those people who just whined a lot, they are still on there every day. Like, and they're well, like, "Oh, I have to be on here." Okay, well, you know, well, I think you're moving to Canada. I, I've said this before. It's like I think you're moving to Canada. It's like, why you like? And then every day, we know somebody who does this. Like, okay, they did not move to Canada because they just wanted to. They wanted to whine about it and yell, and in the end, they still stayed. So I don't think, in the end, it will move. Reddit that much? Not two I, days. I disagree. Right? I, see, we'll if you see, look right? at Twitter's numbers, it's a very different beast. It's a whole bunch of other things going on at Twitter as well. But uh, <laughs> if you look at the numbers, their ad revenue year over year, they've dropped like 60 to 80%. I forget what the numbers is, but they're making 60% less money than they did before they started doing all this. And businesses feel that. And Reddit does not have the richest man on the planet funding them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, and when it comes rates. to Twitter... Like the user base you were talking about that, like me, I used to be a very, very heavy Twitter user. Like I had sometimes thousands of tweets a month, like dozens of tweets a day. Uh, these days, like I was looking last month, I think I had like 21 tweets and they were basically all work related. Uh, right. And the thing is with businesses like these, they're advertising based. So the heavy users that spend more time on there, that's where they get the ad impressions from. That's what makes all the money. So like someone like me who used to be on there making thousands of tweets, checking it whenever I used the bathroom, stood in line, went outside, whatever. Like I'd be soaking up ads that entire time making Twitter a bunch of money. Now I do like 20 posts a month tops. They ain't making money off of me. It's going to be the same thing for Reddit. Yeah. I, I, it's I, comp, more complicated than they think it is. It is complicated, but I do hear, we do know people that have not moved to Canada <laughs> and like every day still continue to like yeah, react to but, it right but still moving to canada is different than being less active on on twitter so mm. <laughs> i i i just kind of wonder though because i mean that's that i mean that's a problem with this protest is that i don't think by and large especially the mods are the one who decide to shut it down the people who go to it i i don't it's always hard for me to believe the average person even is aware or cares most most communities oh, no. did votes and they, they voted vote. to do it yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't but, just the mods just saying autocratically, well, hey, we're shutting down in protest. Most most of the subs that I am on, 
It's basically put some either a user put out the post first or the mods put out the post saying, hey, this is happening. Do we want to participate? And most communities were like, yes, we want to participate. I deleted the mobile apps off my phone because yeah, I was I like, I don't want to, I don't want to give them traffic during this time thinking that I don't care about the blackout because personally I do not to get too personal about this, but you know, um, it's really interesting to me to see it happen though, because we're seeing it with Twitter, right? We, sorry, I guess we're kind of, we saw it with Twitter, I guess, because Twitter, because they've kind of made their decisions already. We're seeing it now with Reddit. And it makes me wonder like, if this is just the way of social media, like outside of Facebook, most most have crumbled because they couldn't figure out a way to monetize. And then something else comes up in its wake to replace it. Um, and I wonder if we're just going to be going through these constant 10 year cycles of like, well, I guess they ran out of somebody funding that. So now we mm. have to see something new, a new project that someone else wants to fund for X number of years. And we all move to that. It's kind of weird. Is there, I mean, the thing about that is interesting with Reddit is there was actually a lot of hate on Reddit, I think, when it was coming up because those vibrant forms that a lot of websites used to run were destroyed by Reddit, right? They wiped out all these small communities and soaked up. Everybody just went to Reddit because, you know, that's just where the, that's just where everybody was. You You go where people are, and a lot of these sort of once vibrant forms that everybody went to a lot of them were just wiped out by Reddit too. So I, I don't know if people are going to go back. If, if Reddit were to like vanish, are they going to, are they going to go to somewhere else or. I, I, yeah, I don't... There's, there's some chatter about like alternatives, like um, decentralized ones. That's been kind of the new, the new buzz concept lately. I feel like where everyone's thinking about how do we, how do we create these social media networks that run on technology that, is not locked to one company. So like the idea behind like Mastodon, right? Where it's like, yep. yeah, like if Mastodon as a company or an app goes down, you can still take all of your followers and, you know, move to a different app with all that stuff. You own more of that data, I guess. And more control. Yeah, sure. I, I think it's so, again, <laughs> my, view of, my view of humanity is a very general low faith and of, my of the average human so i just, <laughs> just like whatever it's like oh, we're gonna go and start a little commune we're gonna like oh okay you know every little commune that they starts up you know that's how you get the whole far cry series right because like, every little commune starts up really cool <laughs> and then it turns into its own little like like heavily armed you know compound like every like it's like far cry all over again it's just like i, I just don't i just i just don't believe that I just don't believe in it, and uh, and maybe it's just because I'm so cynical and jaded about about it all. I honestly, true, that's why I honestly think Can't like confirm. This, I I in the end, no one like I don't honestly think it had any impact on Twitter. I don't think, frankly, that this it had massive impact on Twitter. They've lost sixty percent of ad revenues. If they weren't run, being run by Elon Musk, that place would be shut down already. Well, but I mean, also, I think <laughs> part of that though is, as actually Tim points out in the chat, he was saying, well, it wasn't because people left; it was because it got it it, it got hard to advertise, right? So it got a little difficult because, again, you know, we don't want to get into the politics of it all. But it got very polarized. People mm -hmm. said, "I'm out." There were a lot of kind of like really like kind of like. Things that were like, okay, this is like, you know what, I'm I'm McDonald's or I'm Coca-Cola. We just like, we're, we're out for now. But believe me, in six months, 
if suddenly that, you know, like they'll be back. And I just don't, I just don't, I just have very little faith that protests and, and humans often do the things they say they will, because like, I think most people like they go to the Reddit app and like, Oh, it, it's off. But then they go back in, in two days and it's back. And then like, they don't, I just, it's hard for me to believe that anything ever really matters. That's why I generally don't have much faith in it. So, but do you think though, <laughs> but... like, here's my question because, you know, again, you know, there were social media is really flavor of the month too. You got TIG, you got whatever, <clears throat> all these different kind of text-based forums. If this, if, if Reddit just simply does really does vanish, something just will replace it, right? It'll just be the next text-based forum that people like to discuss in text. Hopefully, I would say that um, the unfortunate part about this is that there is a lot of collective knowledge stored in Reddit, right? Like one of the one of the reasons that I ended up using Reddit was long after they were they had they had become like an established thing was because initially I wasn't really into the idea of uh, kind of the old Reddit vibe, which is a little more it had a certain kind of vibe to it that was not my not my jam, right? And then it started to open up a little bit more and became a little bit more um, broad uh, in terms of the communities it was attracting. Less fortune. Hmm? Less fortune. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to put, I was trying to put, I was trying to figure out how to say it like tactfully without getting too deep in the details, but that was perfect summary. Thanks. <laughs> um, and I realized that like, it's a really good way to, um, get uh, started on a topic, right? Like, I don't necessarily trust everything that's said in the comments, but every now and then you can recognize somebody who kind of seems like they know what they're saying. You're like, oh, that's what I Google for. Now I can kind of like go off and, you know, figure out from there what's going on or uh, that kind of stuff. Or like even like personal stuff like, hey, this happened to me. Has it happened to anybody else? You're like, oh, there's like 3 million people that like are on this one subreddit that I can talk, are talking about it. Yeah. And I if mean, the site just like disappears, then like you can't search for even search for that anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I, I a, don't even use Reddit oh. personally that much, mm-hmm. I, really? but the times that I use it is usually for troubleshooting. Like I'll, I'll Google something and be like, huh, you know, I'm having this problem. And usually at the top, there's like at least a couple of Reddit threads of like, oh yeah, you know, I've had this problem or that problem. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my main interaction with it. So yeah, I would definitely miss out on that. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been, I've been a long time Reddit user. I love Reddit. Uh, and it stinks because when Twitter kind of went off the rails again, I didn't move to Canada, but. I, I post 20 times a month as opposed to 2,000 times a month now. And I've been, you know, now my bathroom times and my stand in line times and everything, I usually hang out on Reddit. So it's just hmm. really disappointing as a long-term Reddit user that they're going down this path personally. Hmm. <laughs> uh, we do have a, a super chat from a friend of the show, uh, Denever1G1, uh, gave us $10. Thank you so much. I appreciate oh. that. Said, uh, selling property to move to Canada is different than spending your money at Target instead of Walmart. Also, I'll be back in two days after a weekend with mom. You can't hit me or or the kids. Redditors now is what the Redditors are saying. Uh, no question there. Uh, we, we got a, uh, a $5 super chat from um, Matthew Bayer. Thank you so much. Uh, said, uh, why would Coca-Cola come back to Twitter if for $8 I can make a verified account pretending to be Coca-Cola admitting to human rights violation? Well, <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite the uh, that was quite the period in Twitter's history last fall. I, I would say the reason why Coca-Cola would do that is because Coca-Cola is a for-profit corporation. And 
that's all that matters. <laughs> if there's money, if if Twitter gets through this this patch and basically the people are there and you don't you know you you get the things that make it safe for corporate America to advertise their wares, they will advertise their wares there. It doesn't it has zero to do with any of that other stuff in the end because the job of all for profit corporations is profit. So I I don't I don't understand why you think that's that's going to be an issue because that's and uh, frankly that's why I'm so very cynical about the Reddit thing. Although I I do think this protest is wide enough, they have they're going to have to blink. I I think they're going to have to blink, right? They have to do something because I mean it's just it, it's just interesting to me that it, it was just so heavy handed and bizarre because it easily could have been avoided. It's, it's all bean counter stuff, man. It's all about the IPOs. It's all about they're gearing up to try to sell themselves. They need to get the revenue numbers up to look like they're making money. Yeah. And this is, I think, a case of the classic Wall Street short-sightedness. Like, because this is the long-term hardcore user base that they're, you know, spiting to hopefully prop up these short-term value numbers to launch an IPO and make some money, get these revenue numbers up. And... You know, if they don't blink, it could be the start. I don't think Reddit's going to disappear overnight. It's never actually made money. That's the funny part of all this. Uh, but uh, it could be the start of a slow death of Reddit. Yeah. I mean, but I, I also, you know, I, I do think that we do have to remember that we don't know what exactly added up to the math to make a decision to, to come down with a hammer on everybody so hard. But it could have been just like, they really needed this IPO. Like they really mm-hmm. clearly, we don't know. It's a, it's a private company. We don't know what the pressures are. And there may have just been like, cause I'm, if we think the CEO of Reddit said, Hey, we're going to make this move. And that nobody at Reddit says, dude, you're going to piss off a huge amount of our core base. You know, somebody said it, but that decision was made anyway to do it. And you know, you want to be at the fly in the wall to really know what, what the the decisions were for that, but I I'm sure somebody told that person, and that decision was made. I don't I. It's hard for me to believe it was just made in a cavalier manner. Like, oh, it's all right, it'll be okay. Well, they could be testing the waters too, because what if they were like, well, if we try it, we could always walk it back. If we try it and then nobody complains, then hey, you know what? <laughs> you know, mm, like so, like I, don't, I could see them testing the water too. I don't I don't get that impression based on the CEO's reactions, though. Mm-hmm. Like. That they have drawn a very definitive line in the sand so far, and as been said multiple times already, it is basically both sides seeing who's going to blink first right now. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm going to guess most CEOs that are reasonable have just decided, and then this is not this is not this is not a CEO that can't be replaced, right? So the decision is like, look, we got to make this timeline here because the board wants its money. We invest. We we got to we got to do this right. He's one of the co-founders, I thought. So I, it's not like he's just a rando, if I remember right. And then you know, he's, he, they they were replacing CEOs for a while though. Like he's mm-hmm. who it is. I'm not sure if he's the core fat co-founder, but he could definitely be replaced as well. They replaced folks at Reddit. <laughs> Do you think well, they're still a private company? So I don't think it's something where a board could replace him. Is what I'm saying. So I, I don't. I do wonder what's going on behind the scenes because it's like. I think that you can slice this a couple of different ways, right? Like they should, they could have still come out and said, like, hey. In order for us to keep the lights on, we have to make some pretty dramatic changes. And one of them is going to be this, which we know is going to affect you all 
really badly. Here, here's our plan for incorporating some of the tools that you all love and really have said that you use daily into our official app. And they could have like just PR this so much better is what I'm saying, right? Like they didn't have to just be like, True. here's the change. True. Bye. <laughs> like deal with it. A six to 12 month roadmap would have made a big difference. And even three months. Open like, communication. 30 days is just so short, relatively speaking. Yeah. You know, although I, I know everybody, everybody who sits down and they rationally always think, you know, we could have just talked this through. And you could have just leveled with us. It's it happens so rarely. I do wonder if it's because usually when people say, if you just leveled with us, it would have been fine. It was like yeah. actually the times when you tried we tried to level with you, it didn't work out. Like I just kinda wonder if everybody says like, Oh, just be straight with me. It's like no, no, actually then they I don't know if it ever has worked. Are there are there times where people are just like, Hey, look, we're staring at this. This is the end of us. And we need to do this. That I don't know if that if people actually ever appreciate it. Like it's but like, it's, right? I mean, mostly like, oh, if you just if you like, says we know we're all just cogs in the machine. If the machine had just said like, hey, you know what? You know, we just need to level with you, and we're doing this. I know it's going to make you angry, um, but look, we're we're going over this cliff, and we need to we we need to all. I don't think that ever happens because usually what happens like, oh, great. I'm looking for a job. Like everybody immediately heads for the exits. I, I don't know if that ever really works. So I'm just saying there's different ways to handle it. Obviously, I'm not in PR, probably for a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying there are different ways to handle things. Right. The cool part is we're talking about the reasons behind it and stuff. The cool part is that doesn't matter to you or me or Elena or anybody reading this. Like if you're mad about it, Participate in the blackout, you know, do what you can as a consumer. Like Gordon always says, vote with your dollar. In this case, yeah. vote with your eyeballs. Because uh, at the end of the day, the reason that they're doing that doesn't really matter as much to you and me and everybody else as much as the fact of what they are doing. And if you disagree with it, take what steps you can against it. If you don't care, just keep on keeping on, man. Yeah, you do you is the, the classic, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that's that's what matters. But it is yeah, all, yeah, all the reasons and the guesses about why it's happening. It doesn't matter. It matters to the Reddit CEO and the Reddit board or the Reddit owners or whoever, but it doesn't matter to normal folks like us. So all we can do is vote with our dollars. You know, we know one that I do want to say though, is I think I, people are very dismissive of Reddit. And I know it's just because it's easy to go like, Oh, you're just some like 12 year old in your basement, kind of like dismissiveness. But I just think that is ridiculous because yeah, you, Reddit and YouTube comments and Twitter and Facebook, they're all basically a reflection of humanity. So you can find the best in humanity and you can absolutely oh, yes. find the worst. So I think yeah. it's it's ridiculous to lump everybody in like, oh, well, that's just some – nothing is lost. It's just some stupid memes. I, I think that's really wrong because some of the best information you're going to find is on Reddit and YouTube yep. comments or anywhere. You just have to look for it. So I, I really think people who just want to wave the, wave it off is just like, I, I think that's so wrong because it, it is unfortunate when you have a well of information go away and then you just kind of dismiss. It's like, well, no big loss, right? So it'd be, it would be sad if it, it does go away. I have been joining a lot of new Discord subs. <laughs> I mean, like I'm part of some like smaller subs where like there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's kind of a basic internet principle, right? Where when you have a smaller community, 
like things are actually really good a lot of times because people genuinely want to connect and help each other and you know you know discuss the topic at hand and uh then there's a tipping point where it's like, oh, all the trolls have showed up. <laughs> like, oh, oh, like everybody who's in here to write graffiti on the walls and, you know, lewd pictures. Uh, like, that's okay. I guess moderators <laughs> got to step in now. Um, yeah. But uh, Discord seems to be like the temporary stopping place or like holdover while the, you know, protests happening, kind of like a backup. But uh, it's definitely not going to be the same because you can't really index it and like see it from Google the way you can Reddit. And that's one of the yeah. biggest strengths of like a forum style place because yeah. it's. I, I loathe that discord has become the default forum for a lot of things for that yeah. very reason. It's, it's great in one way, but it's also kind of scary because it's a little bit like Facebook where it's very closed doors. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not as open. Right. Sadly though, as trying to go to our hardware, to look up our next topic and it says <laughs> our hardware is a private community. Yeah. Subreddit is temporarily exactly. closing presses, Reddit killing third party apps. But uh, that shows just how much people do use Reddit. You went to go to look at our hardware for it. I mean, mm -hmm. So this is getting noticed. Like it's being covered by CNN, CNBC. Yeah. Lots of people. I and mean, that's, that's typically like when you show up on cable news, then <laughs> that's when real yeah. pressure comes on. So you kind of hope somebody's going to blink, but um, let's see. We'll see, right? I don't know what the change is because I think this—they've decided it's part of their existence to eliminate third-party apps because they got you know the, you got to make more money, right? So that's their job. Well, talking about pressure, uh, there was a report about uh, GPU sales. Uh, so please talk about what what's going on over there with GPU sales. Do you want me to take this one too? Because I also wrote the yeah, yeah. story. <laughs> that sounds great. I've been on vacation. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so uh, John Petty Research came out uh, at the end of May, like May 31st, with an initial report about the general state of the GPU market sales and basically saying that um, quarter, you know, quarter to quarter, the sales went down. Um, uh, I don't remember the overall market, but uh, for desktop GPU specifically, it was about 12%. And then the bigger number, the shocking number was year to year. So from compared to, so this was, these were first quarter 2023 numbers, right? And so compared to uh, previous like 2022 quarter, first quarter numbers, I was down by almost 40%. Sorry, right. sorry, not sales, shipped GPUs. So the number of GPUs that were shipped was down almost 40%, which is not exact translation to sales, but gives you an idea of like interest, demand, you know, what they're anticipating, right? Yeah, because um, that's, real quick, just to clarify, that's that's usually a company indicating, okay, well, we need to ship less because there's already more in the channel that needs to sell through. Am I correct yeah. on that? yeah. So yep. shipped, shipped, shipped in this case means like uh, AMD, NVIDIA, Intel sent a graphics card to somebody. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that the PC it goes in is sold or the standalone card is sold. It just means this many have been shipped by those right. big companies. It's mm. more an indicator of like demand, right? That's usually how it's been a scene from my perspective. And often a lot of times like as loose, uh, loose, um, summary of it people will kind of equate it to sales but yeah it's 
it's more indicative of other things that yeah. kind of sort of relate to sales. It's pretty close though, because it's not like stores say, "Hey, keep sending us hundreds of GPUs." When exactly, because demand is because demand is more down because it's not selling right. Um, so for desktop, we're looking at twelve percent uh, quarter to quarter drop, almost forty. I think it was like thirty eight point something percent drop for year over year, and then even the other parts of the GPU market are down as well. So um, they were saying, I believe. Uh, like almost 45% for notebook. And then the overall market, I guess also including server and all that kind of stuff, then it was like 43% down year over year. So it's it's a pretty big drop. Uh, and then they came out with another report on June 7th. This is all from the same, I think, data, but like they were like slicing off little tiny bits as teasers so that uh, you could buy the $3,000 report that they, they sell for analysts. Um, and uh, that one covered desktop in a little more detail. So they started breaking down also like uh, more of like the market share. So NVIDIA uh, loss, basically in summary, NVIDIA is still very dominant. It's about, I think somewhere like around 80, mid 80s, 84-ish percent, uh, but they lost like 2% and that 2% basically went to Intel. <laughs> so <laughs> Intel gained 2% market share. Um, AMD basically stayed flat and all three, or sorry, don't off the top of my head, I can't remember Intel, uh, but both AMD and NVIDIA both lost, uh, just, you know, what dipped in generally speaking. So it's, it was like, when I was looking at these numbers, like there's a lot of different ways to slice this pie. So like the numbers started blurring together for a little bit, but uh, the interesting part is that it seems that Brad's advice to everybody of voting with your wallet uh, maybe coming to pass because one of the things they did say is that they don't anticipate things picking back up during quarter, the second quarter. So like the last couple of months, um, because it's normally a slower period anyway. Uh, but they do think that by third quarter and fourth quarter of this year, we'll start to see more current gen sales pick up because, um, more of the previous generation, like the, you know, the RTX 30 series, the 6,000 6, series from the Radeon 6,000 series will have like more cleared the channel at that point. Like a lot more of the sales have been based in older cards, they were saying. Mm. Uh, and like one of the numbers is kind of funny because they're saying like the general interest in graphics cards, like the number that were like number of people that upgraded was down but the number from quarter to quarter of people who did buy something went up slightly. So I think we're just basically saying like, we're kind of in this weird transition phase where the way I interpret it was that people who had been holding out for upgrades began finally upgrading, right? Or buying those cards. But in general, the interest in buying a graphics card seems to be down still. Yeah, which makes sense because people just don't have the... The, yeah. the money to spend on it right now. And re real quick question. Uh, so just to reiterate this, this uh, shipments of the discrete uh, desktop graphics, this is uh, the, that overall number is all of them, all three manufacturers, right? Not just NVIDIA on the, on the main number. Okay. Correct. Correct. And then yeah. th that's why um, John Petty also includes then the difference between the major manufacturers uh... yeah the, if you look at the article or even if you look at the original like blog post or reports that uh john petty research released they do have like a little bar chart that shows um like the the diff the breakout for each of the three major uh vendors 
Yeah, I'm, I'm showing it on screen right now. It, okay, great. It, what, one one interesting oh. thing is that while while Intel went up in Q3 2022, if I'm reading this chart right, uh, Nvidia was also at its like highest of what is this ten years? Is this a mm-hmm. history of ten years? So like eighty seven percent. That was the highest <laughs> Nvidia had of a market share, even though Intel went up. And then yeah, AMD definitely. And I, I do want to point out though, so the for people who are watching the stream, the charts that you're seeing are actually from a Tom's Hardware uh, article from Anton. And we're two two Anton stories today. Um, basically, he went in and uh, looked at all the previous years of um, data from JPR, and he basically put them all on a nice little chart. So you're seeing that represented now. So, we so, so thank you, Tom's Hardware. Yeah. So thank you, Tom's Hardware. Go read that. Anton Shiloh wrote the story and did the charts. Yeah. There's well, the one we're seeing on screen right now is that's Tom's, and that breaks it out um, in terms of I think the. Uh, how much the uh, the shares that yeah. way, but there's also one that John Petty released where it's actually a bar chart that's yeah. a little maybe a little easier to look at because this is showing oh, the historical. This historical. This one, the one from John Petty Research, shows like the actual just Q1 2023. If you're oh. interested in that, okay. There's, Sorry, I don't there's know. a couple interesting bits that stand out for me just kind of looking over all this while I've been talking about this. I've been reading over this. Uh, a couple things that stand out to me is one, just the fact that. Only 6.3 million graphics cards were shipped last quarter. And they say that's the lowest in decades that they've been tracking it. Not yes. just like a short-term blip, but decades. That's, you know, not great. Obviously, PC demand is cratered right now. And so the Dells and HPs and whatnot of the world are not snapping up graphics cards. And they probably already have a lot of older Radeon and GeForce mm-hmm. 30 series, and 1000 right. series. So that's probably paying a big part of it. Another part that jumped out to me is of those 6.3 million graphics total sold, according to JPR, uh, 5.3 of them were from NVIDIA. So even though NVIDIA, and on top of that, not only were 5.3 million of that 6.3 million NVIDIA, the last three quarters are the three most dominant quarters NVIDIA has had for GPU market share. Yeah. So even though they're putting out these terribly priced poor value cards right now uh their dominance is just getting bigger because like the radeon rx 6000 series was great but amd just couldn't make enough of them so <laughs> yeah well, but i want to clarify but this isn't breaking down actual we we don't know what models this is just shipments. no no yeah so yeah. so this could shipments. be 30 series this could be 40 series we don't whatever know that, they that ship down, but, but yeah we're far enough into this generation that I would think most of the ones shipped this quarter would have been modern GPUs. Yeah, and also, you know, I, I think it just shows you NVIDIA's dominance here, right? Because even though things are bad overall, because, again, everything is cratered, but and which is, again, really the reason why I've been kind of writing people, because it is only, you're looking at well, uh, Q3, 2022 of 87 percent market share and then down to 86 percent and then you know q1 which is the most recent it's not 84 percent which which so. is still the highest of this 10 year right. chart that right. tom had put together uh i, I do want to ask and sorry uh, another clarifying thing that somebody had uh ivan ramaznov sorry uh butchered your name uh are miners cards included in these charts so these charts are consumer-based correct or or is this like all gpu shipments to miners to data centers to everybody and 
their data, I think from the May 31st report was looking at the overall, the entire GPU market, but the stuff we're looking at right now is focused on discrete uh, desktop cards, which I assumed uh, was meant more about consumer. Uh, Although I don't think, I don't think JPR has ever been able to say how many shipped to miners. So I'm, I'm going to guess this includes all discrete cards shipped. Um, I don't think so for people who need to understand, I don't know how JPR sources these numbers. I don't believe AMD and NVIDIA would like, Hey, here's how many we shipped. This is honestly the way a lot of these, uh, third party analysts work is they sort of have to, they have to go to different ad and board vendors and sort of you agree, they agree to get numbers from the vendor or like you go to a PC vendor and they, they get the numbers from them and then they put it together. They, they agree not to say how they sourced it. And they can mm-hmm. sort of get a really good feel for how many how many cards have shipped. Because again, if you're like HP or Dell, you don't want to tell each other exactly what's going on. But if you know, if you give the information to this this analyst who's going to keep it secret, you at least have a. a it's better to have intelligence for the, the entire market so that you can make decisions that benefit you. So, although to me the interesting thing is looking at the, I did not realize in. So 2017 to 2018 is when cards were insanely, I mean, they were, again, mm-hmm. looking at Anton's numbers, historical numbers, 16.1 million in, uh, in uh, Q3 2017, 15 million, 16.1, quarter, quarter, quarter. <laughs> what the hell caused that boom? That was the last crypto Meaning, boom, right? Yeah. It's funny to look at even... If you look at the previous crypto boom and then you look at, say, the crypto boom of 21, 20 to 21, I guess we never actually peaked at that same 16 million because, look, uh, Q2 2020 was 11.5 million, 11, 11, 11, 12. It went, it definitely lasted longer. So GPUs were just in demand for two years straight, but it didn't have that as high a peak as uh, those previous years. Yeah, that, that is the interesting thing. I was looking at that too. I mean, because the, the common... The common sentiment was, oh, hey, uh, you know, all, all these GPUs are going to miners during during the pandemic time. G- gamers can't get it. You know, they're probably making so many GPUs, but at least according to this data, it doesn't look like they that that was the case either, like compared to the previous boom. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because you basically had not only were miners buying them, but also gamers because that was the pandemic started. Everybody went to play games. People were paying; they were willing to pay a thousand dollars for a stupid thirty sixty card, you know. So, um, I think it just kind of, it just kind of all added up. But again, it went on for two years straight, whereas that previous boom was only about a year or two, right? So, and you know, that's why I actually produced this this chart from Amazon, Adam. Oh, okay, because I went up and I looked up an MSI thirty sixty card, twelve gig. And I just looked at all the historical prices for the the card from when it was introduced in April 2021 to 23. I was hoping to this see if it's just actually, Amazon though. This is just Amazon. It's only for one card, and it's the 30 series. I was actually hoping to see if the the previous boom, but this obviously didn't come out. But I, I it's crazy to think this the 3060 Ti in April 2021 was a thousand dollars, and it went on for <laughs> I mean like months. And then, of course, like, oh, it dropped down to 750 And, of course, now it's awesome because you can get the damn thing now for, like, you know, under $300 finally. So. It was funny. I was I was actually uh, chatting with uh, with Keith. We were, we were talking about, like, uh, content stuff. We, we had 
always have like a, a weekly meeting on that stuff. And, and we were looking at our past video where we did the $280 GPU uh, shootout that was like two months ago. And, it, you know, so for $280, I bought three cards on Newegg. Uh, there was an, a third-party A770, uh, a, uh, a, a MSI uh, 6600 XT, I think it was. And then a 3050. That's all I could get for for 280. And we just looked on on Newegg yesterday, and now you can get a 3060 for for 280. Like it was like, oh, well, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah. So I you mean, can get uh There was a deal I saw sometime, probably yesterday, because I just came back from vacation. <laughs> uh, you can get a Radeon RX 6600 for 180 bucks. You should hop on that all day long if you've been looking to upgrade for a while without breaking the bank. Sixty six hundred for one hundred eighty bucks is worth the money. Yeah. Is that so? Where was that? Six hundred gets you beyond thirty sixty performance, right? Because that's generally you no. Know, it's 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 a little bit lower, but no. it's a it's lot much... more bang for buck. Yeah, <laughs> it, it used to it used to be priced against the thirty fifty, but yeah, versus the thirty sixty, it's yeah. Oh, okay. But the price, I guess it makes up for the price. Well, let me tell you, Brad, um, I will definitely consider buying that. Oh, no, I'm going to buy an NVIDIA card because <laughs> just like, you know, I mean, just like the numbers, the NVIDIA here, it's just like, it's, you know, they, they, they ship 5.29 million cards versus AMD shipping, you know, 0. Well, 0.76. We've talked about this before. These numbers to me kind of indicate that it really sucks that NVIDIA... Knocked out of the park with Radeon 6600 exact or 6000 series exactly when they did. So they finally had the node advantage over NVIDIA because NVIDIA for the 30 series was on that ancient Samsung one. AMD was on modern TSMC. The cards actually knocked it out of the park. They were great performers. Uh, they had great value. They had great power efficiency. And then the pandemic hit. And we've talked about this before. NVIDIA focuses on GPUs. So... Whatever wafers they get, they put into GPUs. For AMD, Radeon's kind of the bottom tier. Like, they make way more money per inch on CPUs, especially on Epic CPUs. You know, they have to get all their APUs for laptops. They have to get all their desktop chips. Those all make much more money. They have to fulfill their console obligations. So they only get a set amount of wafers. Uh, and they have to slice and dice that how they do. And I think Radeon often just kind of falls at the end. And it's it's too bad that Radeon 6000 came out when it did because uh, they definitely couldn't keep up with NVIDIA's pace is what I'm getting from that those numbers. What So what happened in, so interesting, looking again at that discrete desktop GPU market share um, chart. Again, um, we're going to credit Anton over Tom's Harvard Group. Go redistore if you want to see his, his charts, which we're we're using here. But what the hell happened in? So if you look at if we're looking at 2020, AMD had a very solid 22, 23, 20 percent range ish, and then right about according to the JPR data, Q3 2022, they fell off a cliff and Nvidia spiked going and, from. And that's not all just Intel coming in. No, the, it's uh, not. The, the delta between twenty four and ten is not the three percent that Intel gained. What what, what the hell happened in Q three twenty twenty two? When did the seven thousand series launch, Brad? Again, uh, November, I think it's maybe December, but yeah. November. It depends on how you measure Qs in this because every company oh, measures right. differently. Oh, uh, my guess, I have no idea. If I was going to 
speculate on this, though. I would say that graphics card prices are getting affordable, so people are starting to snap up some of those older GPUs that are available cheaper. They're starting to ship more of these out to the Dells and the HPs and the micro centers of the world. Uh, but you also have to remember, up until, what was it, a couple weeks ago, the only modern AMD options were the flagship 7900 series, and they were bothered by bugs and stuff to start. Whereas NVIDIA came out, they were very high-priced, but the 4090 sold like hotcakes. Uh, the other cards are also high-priced, but if you ignore that, they're really good at what they do. And there, I saw plenty of people on Reddit, which you can't look up today, unfortunately, saying <laughs> stuff like, uh, you know, yeah, the 4080 price sucks, but I hold on to my cards for five years, and I've been waiting five years because of the stupid pandemic, so I'm just going to buy a 4080. Uh, and, I have a, and AMD has offered nothing between... 7900 launch in november and the 7600 launch that just happened so i wouldn't be surprised if that's part of that well and real quick uh patrick fishbach in the chat says uh gordon uh in steve's videos it's it's just as gordon said in steve's video uh people complain and buy nvidia (laughs) yeah you know and and actually looking at that amazon chart for that 30 msi 30 60 12 gig card the price of that in january of 2022 was about i don't know looks like about eight hundred dollars july of 2022 it's basically down to five hundred dollars so basically i i kind of wonder if like i mean the the sad thing is uh amd is often gives you more performance for the dollar better performance right um but and then i feel it almost feels like if a, a gamer is going to go buy, they're like, well, I can't afford the NVIDIA card for this. I can't pay $800 for a 3060. Um, but by the time we get to about July-ish that summer, the prices of the NVIDIA card start to come down. They're like, oh, well, now I'm going to go back to my favorite brand, which is NVIDIA. I kind of wonder if that's part of it because it does feel like the NVIDIA prices got a lot more better. I'm not going to say reasonable because $500 for a 3060 is not, is not great. But I do wonder if it's... Is that just that brand equity, which, you know, I, I kind of make fun of, but it is really hard to get people to switch brands, I, you know, I it also, is really hard. I also wonder how much of it is like, just, we had just so many factors going on between the years of 2022, like the end of 2022, right? Because we had the miners, we had limited supply just because of uh, supply chain disruptions. Then we had the shipping container logistics stuff on top of that. <laughs> By, I want to say by between, between January, 2022 to July, 2022, like there's so much had changed by that point. Like a lot of people had gotten vaccinated and boosted and like things were starting to open. Like the people were really starting to lean more into like going back to their old habits, like their old lifestyles before the pandemic. Uh, I like, I think that some of what you've mentioned are has to be factors, but I also wonder how much of it is like almost self-selection, right? Like the people who were buying cards during the pandemic included a bunch of people who had not been PC gamers or maybe not strong PC gamers for a long time. And then once things started opening up again, I wonder how many people just said, oh, like I was going to get a card or they already purchased cards and they're not really into like, uh, sticking with it they went back to i don't know playing outdoor volleyball or something i'm just making up 
I'm not active enough. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and like the people who were left were the people who were like, were really strong PC gamers who have just been waiting to upgrade their cards, but they couldn't afford to. So they're like, yes, finally, like my time has come. Everybody has finally left the airport and the bathroom is open. I can go now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one, hilarious. One then, important <laughs> thing to keep in mind, though, I think we're getting some things confused in this is shipments are not sales. Yes. Like NVIDIA strikes going up so high the last few quarters. Those are shipments. Right. Uh, both NVIDIA and AMD have said, hey, we are trying to work through our existing inventory of last gen cards. So they're not shipping things out. They're letting the existing inventory sell through. So those mm-hmm. cut into shipments. Mm-hmm. But more importantly than that, AMD's 7900 launch feels to me like a very limited launch. They had a lot of bugs they were working out for the first couple months in the driver. Just ask my nuke system. Uh, and I feel like there was not a lot of quantity of that sold out. So right now, if you want to sell a system with a modern GPU, or if you're looking to sell a modern GPU in a retail store, these last couple of quarters, NVIDIA has been your only option because AMD just has not had new products to put on the shelves. That's so I'm not surprised to see NVIDIA with an 82 to 87% market share because they're the only ones who put out graphics cards as horribly priced as they were the last six months of the year. Yeah, and then it also does reinforce that. Um, unfortunately, uh, nobody gives a damn what you say, YouTube, uh, and uh, hardware reviewers like us. Because, I mean, it's honestly, I don't think it really matters that much. In, in the grand scheme of things, right? Because well, I mean, as... if you if if you take a step back and look at the whole picture, the overarching thing isn't just that Nvidia has a high percentage here. It's that this is the worst quarter for desktop shipments in the decades that JPR has been tracking this. Right. So yes, Nvidia has this big slice of this pie. It's still a pretty bad pie right now, and the reason they have such a big slice is probably because like AMD just simply hasn't been competing too heavily the past six months. So right. I would hesitate to look too much into this yeah i mean we're just kind of guessing at tea leaves but you know it's it's down for everybody too right i mean amd numbers are down too as well as nvidia i mean the only bright spot is intel i mean because their numbers are you you can only go up right (laughs) but i mean they're they're shipping a quarter million cards in q1 2023 that's they're they're eating into somebody I you know most people assume it's eating into mostly AMD, but honestly, I bet it hurts Nvidia somewhat too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it, the bright spot is budget gamers. For the first time in forever, we actually have budget cards that are worthwhile. Like I was one of the few semi, not super positive reviews on the sixty five hundred XT. Like I was acknowledging this place in the market, but it still was a pretty crap part. Uh, but now, with all these things tanking, these companies are having to compete on price again, especially as they roll up their new stuff. So now you can get sixty six hundred for eight hundred and eighty bucks. You they had the Arc A seven fifty on sale for one hundred ninety nine bucks. So it's not reflected in these charts, but there still is good news to come out of this for us everyday buyers. Yeah, I had to look up when the sixty five hundred XT came out. It was uh, Q one of twenty twenty two. So I had the battle scars. I remember. <laughs> um, w- uh- Oh, uh, just uh, there. We do have a uh, super chat from Skeet Sayer, a friend of the show. Skeet Sayer gave us a uh, five dollars fifty cent Canadian. Thanks so much. Said, uh, are these new cards? As of right now, the sixty seven hundred XT is the number one selling card on Newegg. Maybe in Canada, I'm I'm looking at the Newegg right now and sorted 
by best selling. The top one is 3060 12 gig. Uh, the second one is a 6600 non XT. Third one is a 3070 from a company I've never heard of. Uh, and then the <laughs> fourth one is a, another 3060. Fifth one is a 3060 Ti. So. That's where it gets complicated because we, again, like Gordon said, we don't know how JPR sources its numbers. But, but yes, these, so these, are, these are new cards, shipments of new yeah. cards. These are not necessarily new cards. These are no. any GPUs. They're, they will be new, but like AMD is still making 6,000 series cards and shipping them out. Sapphire just announced the new 6700 XT yesterday. Yeah. Like that would be announced. But we don't know when uh, Newegg bought those shipments. So those could be cards that they've had on their shelves for six months, in which case they would not show up in this report. True. Or it could be, hey, we ran out of 6700 XT, now that's worth so much, AMD, can you send us some more? And in that case, it would show up. It, it's kind of hard to draw the two together. I have a question oh. uh, about inventory stuff, because you know the, the JPR uh, the blog post basically says, you know, hey, you know, the, the companies are actively working to reduce their inventory levels. Uh, quote, with inventory being run down, sales and will, will improve. But I'm wondering, um, basically they're saying all these were, we have a wonderful excess of older cards that are still really good right now. That's probably going to dry up in the next, you know, I don't know, four or five months. Do you think it's worth going, like if you want to get a cheap graphics card, like right now feels like a damn good time. Do you think that's a reasonable logic, or is it better to, to like, yeah, you know, why don't I wait till these cards dry up and maybe the prices will come down? I'm just trying to think of the strategy for somebody who's thinking, should I buy a, you know, an older generation card, arguably works fine, uh, or should I wait for, hopefully, when these, when the excess inventory dries up, and then maybe AMD and Nvidia will pull down prices because they don't have to compete with the older cards at that point. I think it depends a lot on your situation. Like, I think uh, if you were been stuck without a graphics card for a while or had a terrible old graphics card because the way things have been, uh, I don't see the bottom end getting any cheaper than it does now. I would be shocked if you can get a 6600 for much cheaper than 180 bucks before they all go away. Right. I think ARC is going to bottom out around here, et cetera. We still got to see what the 4060 brings uh, at $300 next month. Uh but in general, I think if you're looking for 1080p gaming, you know the lay of the land right now. See what's up. Anything above there, except for the 4090. Like, if you're in the market for 4090, just go get a 4090. Ain't nothing going to beat a 4090. <laughs> it's great. Uh, <laughs> but everywhere between there, with the way sales have been going, I would be shocked if there's not a resetting of prices across NVIDIA's stack, especially if AMD manages to get compelling... 7700 and 7800 GPUs out at some point, which is crazy that we haven't seen those yet. But with sales being so bad, it's like this is reminiscent of how it was with the RTX 20 series. And the RTX 20 series is when a year later they had to, like, oh, time to reset. The crypto stuff burst. Nothing's selling. Here's the super series at the price points they should have been when they launched. And I would not be shocked to see that happen the next few months. So if you're looking to maximize Bane for Buck, if you're going above 1080p, you might want to wait. But at this point, like the last few years have taught us, like if you have the money and you want to reach for a certain experience, you might as well, you might just also want to go for it. 
Yeah. I just, I just kind of, it makes me wonder, like, you know, I do think in the cost of the current modern cards are higher than people would like. Some of that Mm -hmm. is obviously it costs more to make stuff now, but I still in my heart believe some of it's just because you can't pull, you can't, you can't sell these things at what a 3060 is going to go for because you got to have those older cards get out. You can't compete with them, yep. right? You just got to, it. once those are kind of gone, I, I kind of expect prices to get a little better, probably not to what people want them to be, but I kind of think, you know, the, the 4060 Ti is what, $400? Is it 400 Yeah. Yeah. You could see that theoretically like being 350 ish you know, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I... I have no idea. I have no insider knowledge, but I would be sh- shocked if there isn't a super, if not necessarily a super line of cards to formally change things, then super style price decreases at some point because this is all very, very reminiscent of the 20 series. Hmm. Right down to the 20 series being hitched on DLSS and ray tracing, even though it wasn't widely available at the time. That's what they're doing with DLSS 3 in this generation. So there's like just so many parallels. Yeah. Hmm. I. I- for timing, though, I don't know if it's going to be soon, like super soon. I think it's going to like, I think before the holidays. Yeah, like I think we're going to have to go through seeing what gets released still, because as Brad just pointed out, the forty sixty hasn't come out yet. That's going to be in July, and then we're still waiting for AMD to fill out its stack. So I think between those two things there's not a lot compelling gamers to, or I mean, mostly gamers who are looking to get these cards to like immediately jump on it. Right. I think a lot of people are still playing a little bit of a waiting game because they want to see like which way is going to be the best um, for their use case. You know, like, do they, do they go with a last gen card or do they wait to see what current gen is going to shake out to be? And even then, like, I, I feel like this might I don't know what your timeline was, Brad, but for me, I don't feel like we'll really see the effects of this until maybe holiday because I just don't know if there's going to be a lot enough to compel people at all the different tiers to like make their decision that quickly. I think in the 1080p space, actually, we're going to see much more movement around that as opposed to somewhere in like that 1440p just because we don't have something like a 7700 or 7800 yet. I think it's going to depend how bad sales get. Like looking from these shipments from JPR, it's the worst in decades and you can't keep that going forever. So it's like with Reddit, something's got to blink at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it feels like prices will get really good. Hopefully. I mean, I can't imagine them staying high elevated, but I, it does, it's going to require the older cards to get dried up. But apparently the predictions are they'll be mostly dried up by the end of the year. So. I mean, video maybe. cards, uh, video cards yeah. just reported. I have no insider knowledge. Again, I've been on vacation. Uh, video cards. I just saw reported that NVIDIA is considering pulling up the 30, the 4060 launch into late June rather than July. Uh, that's just based off what I saw in video cards who honestly typically has pretty good track record. So, uh, and their sources said the reason for doing so is that needs to launch before they can start to consider possibly readjusting pricing up and down the stack. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed, hopefully, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we might actually, I mean, it just feels like we might finally get that price war people have been waiting for. 
I mean, like, yeah. it's if, like if if AMD puts out more new parts, <laughs> and then Intel continues to you know hopefully uh, keep going. <laughs> so uh, they should, uh, yeah. Bit, Those Intel age, parts you know, are real good for the price these days. Yeah, yeah. I it's just it, it's so weird because I you know I think I've said here before I really thought Nvidia was going to try to come down and jump on Intel's head, but they never reacted because I guess they they didn't feel they had to. But it does feel like they'd they'd like to just like kick them, you know, pretty hard. I just can't. Price imagine. is a thing. Nvidia can adjust at any time. Yeah, and they have done that in the past. Like they try to get as like any company does and should do. They try to get as much money as they can for as long as they can. But if Intel is a serious threat, like Intel, I'm, I can I have again no inside knowledge, but I can almost guarantee they're losing money on every art card they sell. Right. Uh, whereas Nvidia most definitely isn't. So there is a lot of wiggle room between those two spots for NVIDIA if it wants to to come down and start swinging. Yeah, NVIDIA just has no incentive to get into a price war if they don't feel like they have to. But Yeah, un- unless uh, their cards aren't selling, right? So it's it's not a price yeah. war necessarily against uh, AMD yeah. and Intel. It's more yeah. like a price war of like, oh, crap, mm-hmm. our cards aren't selling. Well, I mean, that's – well, there are they are selling. They're still selling more than the others, but they're not probably selling at the – clip they'd like yeah, them to yeah. but it's it's funny like nvidia's well, biggest com- are the lowest in decades well i that's know that's the important over yeah. that's the important part dang i got pit stands i thought buccaneer down. shirts automatically <laughs> came with pit stains though yeah it's oh. like calico cut pants uh okay. no but i no i mean like for nvidia i think like nvidia is in the 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 fortunate situation like it feels like their competitor is nvidia yeah. like the 4060s biggest competitor would be existing 3060 cards like amd and intel we don't even care about because we're 85 percent of the market like they really have to worry about themselves before they can really push hard it feels like i mean it's just and then it's just one of those things where again this is the i mean again i'm i'm criticizing people but i'm not i'm not criticizing nvidia because they've done a wonderful job they to gamers are they are gaming pc gaming is nvidia and it, you can hate NVIDIA all you want, but NVIDIA is literally PC gaming, right? That's like, that's how it's viewed by most mainstream gamers. And, uh, did Elena just, she's, she's protesting. She, wait, she's protesting mm-hmm. me. She's gone, she's, going she's dark. gone dark. She went dark yeah. I think it's just kind of, that's, that's the way it is. It's really, it's again, it's really hard to get people to not buy NVIDIA and you can't blame NVIDIA for that. Cause they've, they've spent decades here making sure that if you want to buy a gaming card, you want, you want team green because it brings so much perceived value to it. And I, I, I just don't I, see that changing, you know, I think their consistency over time is yeah. a big factor in it too. Like sure. This generation is high priced, but you know, the 4090 came out, then the 4080 came out then the 4070. Every one and a half to two years, it's like clockwork for NVIDIA. Right. Like they keep the pace going and AMD just hasn't been able to do that so far this generation, at least. And you know, the thing is, like, when we look at, like, Ryzen versus Core, like, the first Ryzen came out, it was amazing. It didn't really sell. It didn't really, like, oh, my God, like, suddenly we saw things flip. It felt like it, it took, like, you know, two years, two to, like, two to three generations of, like, clearly. Yeah. 3,000, definitely. And and I just think about it, like, at that time, though, it was an ass-kicking so bad on Core by by Ryzen, it was like it was undeniable. Like we were getting eight cores when Intel was selling you four cores. <laughs> AMD was giving you twelve cores, sixteen cores. 
The multi-core performance is insane. I mean, Intel still honestly gave you wonderful single lightly threaded performance. For a lot of people, that's what still mattered. But it took it took years and years of AMD literally giving you twice the amount of cores as Intel to like get like that mindset to get like, yeah, I'm buying AMD. I mean, yeah, Ryzen definitely or Radeon definitely gives you more performance than GeForce a lot of times. Is that but right, price for price? But they're not giving you like Ryzen core performance. Like giving you like, oh, no. oh, we're giving you forty ninety performance for half its cost. Well, we're not really. Well, but it, it depends really because Ryzen one thousand, like this eighteen hundred X. Yeah, you got double the cores, and like that was awesome in Cinebench. But in gaming, it still had problems, right? So, I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my so article I, back then. Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't say this is a one-to-one. Well, I, it's not quite one-to-one, but I still think, like, we went from 1,000 to 2,000 to 3,000. 3,000 is really where they're like, oh, damn. This is like, yeah. I, I feel like 3,000 really kind of turned, that was especially when point, they did 16 yeah. and, and the 12 core. But that is just like, they had to basically double Intel's performance on core count. Yeah. And that's really what everybody talked about. They didn't talk about the gaming performance anyway. Yeah. I, I play 4K. It didn't matter. I, I do think, like... It really, it Radeon has not done that. We're like we're giving you, we're we're giving you twice the performance of GeForce, right? And it just, I knew really. Takes, I mean, then what I what I'm speaking to is getting gamers to change their mind, and it's mm-hmm. really hard to get people to change their mind in any brand, right? I think they did a decent job with that with Radeon Six Thousand. I think they could have priced it a little bit better, but again, terrible timing with the pandemic and the shortages and all. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think. AMD knows this because you see him talk about it over and over again on the Ryzen side is that consistency. You can't just beat them once and then ride coattails from there. It takes two or three generations of consistently executing. And that's what they are doing over there on the Ryzen side. And they are not quite there yet with the Radeon side. And I think that makes a difference, especially to the Dells and HPs of the world who are the ones who are probably account for 85% of this JPR number. And also the sad thing is it's hard to see that actually ever changing. Because NVIDIA executes. As much as everybody's saying whatever, they don't care about us, they execute. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine, yeah, sure, they're going to, they've got to get off the gas because why would you? But it just feels like it's, I, I, I just don't see it changing, unfortunately. And I say that unfortunately because I like to see competition so like make it better for everybody. But I don't know. I just, it, you know. So we'll have to see. And real quick, uh, this is just a, a, a side tangent the, that I was thinking of like, okay, so uh, I, I, I don't see the one-to-one, but I'm trying to look at how many GPUs were shipped in this year. And then I was looking up how many consoles were shipped in that same amount of time. So I'm, I'm seeing a thing say the, at least the PlayStation 5 had 6.3 million consoles since the beginning of the year, uh, states this Destructoid article from April. So it's a, a little outdated, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that, hey, when you're on console and console shipping a lot, that's all AMD. Well, so. boy, so six million for PS5. Oh, PS5. Yeah. So. Yeah, they say if they say if you look at total gaming market consoles plus PC graphics, AMD and NVIDIA are actually about fifty fifty. Yeah. But the difference is yeah. those console APUs are uh, they, they make AMD a whole lot less money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's different, but you know, yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to forget. But like, it is hey, about fifty fifty. Yeah. AMD is big. Yeah. Yeah. And actually AMD I think is hard to I don't think they exactly break out the profit lines, but actually graphics side, like they, they do pretty decently. Even though in revenue you always think like NVIDIA is this monster, but because of console custom and because of how Radeon 
doesn't have a huge market share, but they still make decent money. They they actually are fairly competitive with Nvidia for revenue, right? Yeah. Also, I, I forget the numbers off the top of my head, but I, if I recall correctly, last quarter, AMD and Nvidia's gaming revenues were within like ten percent of each other. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. I thought you were trying to like shade PC gaming there. Um, by saying that they ship more, but I'm just no, like, no, no. I'm, I'm six, trying to, like seven, as if, if we're just looking at this, like it looks, uh, you know, if we're just looking at GPU desktop sales, it's like, oh man, AMD's in a horrible place, and it's like, well, you know, they they got other stuff going on too, and this isn't oh, yeah. even including the Steam Deck. We got a, a, a twelve dollar uh, or twelve euro super chat from uh, Patrick Fishbach. Thank you so much. Said, uh, why is AMD great if uh, if not seen in the PS5, Xbox, Steam Deck? People love those, uh, though those are you know different APs, um, and then server, you know all that stuff. So you know it's they, they've they've got a lot going on. This is this is oh, just yeah. one look. Yeah, you know the, the thing about it is they they complement each other because frankly they wouldn't have consoles if they didn't have Radeon, and they wouldn't have the basically this brand new handheld market if they didn't have Radeon either. It's just kind of oh, yeah. it all feeds into itself. So, and they basically <laughs> it is crazy to think AMD basically owns. Desktop console and handheld console. I mean, as far as, you know, PC base, x86, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just all AMD. Like, Intel and NVIDIA don't even exist here. I mean, the Switch, uh, NVIDIA is in the Switch, and the Switch is the best-selling console, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. You, you might think it's boring, but uh, the Switch no, I, still outsells the other consoles. No, I, I, I so, hear you. But, just to I mean, be fair, that is NVIDIA. But the Switch is an established market. This is basically handheld x86 gaming is, like, brand new. Yeah. And AMD totally has a lockup on that. So you got to imagine Intel and NVIDIA are like, how do we break into that? Like, if this thing really runs away, then we want a piece of that action, too. So for sure, they got they got to get in there. Uh, NVIDIA was trying to buy ARM. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> side note, we we, uh, we we should get going to Q&A. Uh, oh, Brad, right. Elena, feel free to pop out uh, if you need to. I got um, 15 minutes. All right, cool. Uh, then let's uh, switch over to... Boom. Switch over to Q&A. If you have a question that you would like to be answered on the show right now in the live chat, uh, put your question in at PC World. uh, This is the best way for me to see it. Uh, If you're listening or watching this later, we have a link to our fine folks over on Discord. There is a Full Nerd Questions channel over there. Uh, I I have some uh, backed up. Uh, We have a... uh, a $5 super chat from Riptides. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Said, uh, trying to find some of the less discussion differences between AMD and Intel CPUs. Things like QuickSync, RAID, USB 4 versus Thunderbolt, faster RAM, AVX 512, any others. What, what are what are kind of things that, you know, people usually don't look at just the full benchmark chart. And it's like, hey, there, there's these little things that, that differentiate each each platform. Uh, it sounds like basically got it covered because QuickSync is a big difference. Um, obviously, AVX five twelve <laughs> is uh, an advantage for AMD, which is just funny right now. Weird, yeah. <laughs> Weir- weirdly, weirdly odd. And then also, um, I would say I would say the other thing is like, and the intangibles are, uh, frankly, uh, developer relations. Uh, paying to have people go out and help developers support your processor makes a huge difference and um unfortunately for amd intel has been doing this for a long 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 time with a lot of money and that that does make a big difference because if it's optimized for you it makes a big difference that's why apple is in a fantastic uh, place it is right now with its processors 
I may be wrong here, and if so, people can yell at me, and rightly so, but I believe that modern Intel systems can achieve higher stable memory clocks as well. If you're into memory overclocking or you need fast memory, uh, I, I tend to see people hitting higher clocks more often and more stable on Intel. Yeah, and that's like, I would say that's a, you know, generally you're going to have more success pushing higher clocks on on Intel modern CPUs, but there's... I meant memory. Yeah, meant memory. For, for memory, but there's no guarantee because it's, you know, comes down to CPU everything. The dims you're running. Uh, I guess the other thing to mention is DDR4 option. You know, there's a rumor of a Ryzen, uh, a six-core Ryzen X3D part in fi- in the 5000 series that's going to come out. And I think the headline that I saw because I didn't read the the rumor was it's intended to be this counter to Intel because they have a wonderful message because hey, by the way, we got DDR4 right. So there's a lot of these DDR4 options. So they kind of want to push that. So the but having Intel with DDR4 on its newest parts is is a, is a nice advantage too for Intel if you're looking for that. There's a differentiator. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, another question here. Uh, this one came in uh, pretty early from a friend of the show, Pedro Acura. Uh, said, "The um, question for later: Is it worth upgrading from a 3070 to a 6800 XT? Uh, the resolution they play at is 3440 by 1440." At 165 hertz. Mm, uh, depends on what price you get it for. I would say, actually, if you can get it for a reasonable price, I'd probably say yes. The 6800 is a bit faster than the 3070. Uh, but more importantly, if you're playing at that pixel-packed ultra-wide resolution, uh, memory concerns are going to become an issue for you. Uh, 3070 only has 8 gigabytes of RAM. So if you're looking to hold on to the card for a while and use that monitor, the 6800 has 16 gigabytes of RAM, and I would feel more comfortable with that if you don't mind giving up DLSS and other NVIDIA features. You don't don't think it's worth waiting for a 7000 series similar to it? Because the 6800 feels like it's a little long in the tooth as well. It is, but I don't think that... AMD is going to launch any flashy new features that you would need in that. And I think that if they do roll out a 7800, it probably won't be the 400 to $500 you can get a 6800 for these days. Right. Okay. It's also different too. I, uh, I, I didn't clarify with them, but you know, uh, they obviously have a 3070. They're looking to upgrade. Can they, can they sell that 3070 and then make the, make the difference? What's that, you know, kind of, but yeah, it, it's a little bit more of a side grade, you know, but yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, here's a question from, oh, well, uh, first we got a super, uh, super chat from LaSalle Rhymes III to give us $10. Thank you so much, a uh, friend of the show, and said, great footage from Copytex and great show today. Thanks for the insight on the Reddit going dark uh, anytime. That's, that's, we're here to have some fun and talk about I- interesting things. Uh, so I appreciate that super chat. Uh, this is, uh, this is a good one from Victor Suarez. Uh, will, will APUs eventually replace, uh, entry-level GPUs? Uh, do you think, do you think that'll happen? You think, can you see that world? Yeah, I think we're already there. Getting close. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I did just look up, I have a 3070 ultra-wide benchmarks from a couple years ago when the 3070 came out. So I think it was Pedro who asked that question. If that was you, Pedro. 
you know, I would recommend Googling that 3070 ultra wide benchmarks. I have an article up. It doesn't have the 6,800, uh, unfortunately, but that was roughly about, you know, 30, 80 power. So you can use that as a somewhat stand in and go look and see what the performance difference is. is then in addition to the 68 bytes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and yes, I do think that APUs will eventually replace sub $200, maybe $250 graphics cards. Ooh, I don't know about that high. I think sub 200. Some... Yeah. In time. Oh. I don't think it's going to be in the next two years, but I think three to five years plus. Is that, though, because of the fact that the technology is just going to go that way or is because the price points have all been floating up? So that's going to become more of the most reasonable way to approach it. Yes. (laughs) 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 All of those things. I think that AMD and Intel are both investing a lot in integrated graphics with Arc and with Radeon. Uh, and obviously, discrete graphics cards are getting very expensive to make these days, especially on the cutting-edge process. And when you factor in all the big, huge honking coolers and the extra metal and pan, like, I think I could see $200 graphics levels being achieved by APUs in the next few years, and those would be the standard. Hmm. I hope I'm wrong, but I also kind of don't mind if I'm right, so we'll see. It just feels like that's... Uh, I could... Because, I mean, typically I was... I figure it's like the leftovers is where you end up with on the, those, that segment. It feels like you could take some of these cards, the leftovers would be pretty powerful against a, any APU from either Intel or, or AMD for a while. But is, but is that the same though as like, I just don't, I'm more on Brad's side just because I, I don't, think you're wrong about the leftovers because that's a it's a good way of making use of everything that you know you've got on hand but i think it picks off the pressure to make it like a a continual constant thing as part of your stack right it's more of like okay like we we can have because i remember buying like early in my early days i i bought like a 75 dollar card just so i could have graphics right and i don't think those are going to go away per se but I don't think they're necessarily going to be like, we are going to make sure you always have the equivalent of a 1030, right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, and we talked about this in a recent episode. All, NVIDIA is already taking the chip that traditionally would have been called a 4050 and making it a 4060, bumping all those things up. So I think that plays into it as well. What these cut down cards are now going to be called 4060s, 50s, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's mm-hmm. like when you're looking at 1030 class, that's like that's different. Yeah, that's like uh, that's a few more. There, steps there will still always be markets for things like that because some business users are going to need extra video outs. Yeah, or you're going to need graphic stuff. So I think there will be low end options, but I think by and large, AP place budget GPs. Yeah. APs. I mean, if anything, that that burgeoning handheld market is going to continue to push APU performance, you know, and also laptops, things like that. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think the it's definitely a good place to be, good place to focus. Yeah, but I mean, you feel like in, I mean, we both feel like Intel's probably looking at that and being like, oh man, we need to really bump that up too. Yeah, right. I mean, you you don't want to give that up to to AMD, why would you? Although, I mean. Everybody, NVIDIA, when they originally quit, people forget this, but they were in the original Xbox, and they quit. They always said, like, you know what? we That ain't no fun anyway, because we're selling these things for, like, it's just, there ain't no money in it. That's what the original 
statement was when they got out. And I kind of wonder if, you know, Intel and, and, and NVIDIA are like, yeah, we want a piece of that. No, not really. Cause it's like, why would you bother? Right. I, who knows? You know? But it, it makes a lot more sense if you're already selling the, for them to be selling them as APUs, to be selling them as the processors yeah. that have these badass graphics attached. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, we, we touched on it, um, but a uh, friend of the show, Star Screamus, uh, wants to ask officially any thoughts on the 5600X3D for AM4 rumors? What do you think? I was surprised, honestly, because if the rumors are true, we don't know. But um, if we go all the way back to the the launch, it was like, oh no, they're just like it just didn't make any sense, right? They, it just, it just did not make any sense to do a low end product, and then now, you know, now suddenly it makes sense. It kind of makes you wonder what what's kind of going on there, you know? Something. It feels like it's a reverse. Like I feel like that was a reversal of the messaging early on. It's like no, it didn't make any sense. So I, I don't. don't- Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. A lot of leftover parts, or just like some weakness that they're 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 they need to shore up that they they didn't anticipate when they launched the fifty eight hundred X three D. I don't necessarily believe those rumors are going to wind up panning out. Like, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But if they do, it kind of makes sense because you got to remember the fifty eight hundred X three D, the eight core one to start with, was just a cut down leftover version of the ones that went into the server chips that already had the cache put on top. At this point, maybe they just have enough six-core ones that can't be used for the Android X3D that they're like, you know, the market sucks for everything anyway. People are holding on to what they have. Might as well try to sell them a 5600 X3D. Yeah. yeah. Well, And also, I'm, I'm looking at the camel, camel, camel result of the 5800 X3D, and prices continue to drop there. I'm, I'm surprised there's still stock, honestly. I, I thought the 5800 X3D would have dried up by now. So, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. they still have a ton of that. And, um, they make you know, them server chips. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, like two ninety right now, right? I, th- I think. Uh, yeah, two two eighty nine right now. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's AM- time to get it. AMD's messaging has been we're going to support AM uh, four for a while, right? Got kind of lost count of the, yep. the sockets. So, I mean, I guess it does offer a service to them, so that's that's good. But it still feels like weird <laughs> it's so weird to service two different sockets uh it's because it, like i was saying this morning saying it feels like every every am4 you fill means you're not going to sell an am5 part so it it feels like you want to transition people onto new things sooner rather than later but maybe it's just things are kind of that ugly out there well here's a good question uh i i be fan 814 uh asks uh who who is who would the 5800 x3d be for well, number one, if you have an if you have an existing board and it takes the X three D part and you primarily play games, hell yeah, that's the, I think that's the main one. It depends also, cost too, because I mean, if you can get a eight core version for you know under three hundred dollars, oh, the fifty six hundred, yeah, 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 the fifty six. Well, cost sensitive, price sensitive people, but I just think there is a there's just a lot of people who have existing boards that can do an in socket upgrade, so maybe that's the yeah. appeal of it. There's a lot of thirty six hundred owners out there. Yeah. And, you know, 5600X3D would be a great upgrade if it works and it did happens. You, did you ever upgrade your 1800X system? I have not yet. No. <laughs> yeah. So my question is actually, this is actually a great, a great question for you because when the 5600X came out originally, you were thinking of upgrading to that. Yes. Would this compel you to finally get off of the first gen Ryzen? 
I am compelled to get off of First Gen Rising sooner than later. Unfortunately, my landlord is compelled to charge me more rent and stuff in the meantime. So, <laughs> but uh, I think I would probably still go with the 5800X3D if I didn't upgrade. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, it's been another year since I've been talking about upgrade to begin with. I think at this point, I'm looking more realistically at a full system rebuild. But if I was looking to uh, stay on the same platform, I think I'd go with 5800X3D just for the more cores, just because of what I do. But if I was a pure gamer, I'd be totally fine getting a 5600X3D. Mm. There's so many numbers and letters. In this <laughs> yes. Uh, r- real quick, uh, one last question, Brad, before you get out of here. Uh, I, I, I be fan 814S. Is it possible that AMD skips a 7800 and 7700 releases? Yeah. Any company can do anything at any time. I'm real curious to see what's going on there. There have been different rumors and reports that they have an issue with the technology itself moving to the memory chiplets, which would explain why they only launched the 7900X3D. They had a bunch of bugs and stuff. It took them months to figure out drivers. And if so, that could possibly still be affecting other stuff. Uh, but they've never said anything officially about that. You just heard that through the grapevine from, you know, the usual suspects. Uh video cards, I think Moore's Law is dead, stuff like that. And if that's the case and they don't figure it out, they might decide to say, hey, you know, it's cheaper for us to keep making 6,800 XTs and selling those for $500 on a last-gen node for what the prices our video are doing. So we'll just wait until this is all figured out and straighten it out from there. But it all depends on the reason that they have not launched yet. <laughs> So that's a big, verbose, rambling, non-answer. <laughs> but yeah, I could definitely, if, if there's a hardware reason behind it or some severe software reason behind moving to the chiplets, and those are based on chiplets still, I could see them not launching it. But at this point, the 7900 series seems to be doing pretty all right as far as driver stability is concerned. Uh, now that it ate my system, it's doing better now in the newer ones. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I but, hope they do. Yeah how i make money <laughs> uh brad if you need to pop off go ahead uh uh i do wait. okay thank you brad so, sorry guys nice talking to y'all yeah we'll see uh lena do you have do you have time to 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 answer one uh console question before you get out of here i uh, sure all right uh we, we got a one from wolfie uh says uh, do you think that uh the fact that starfield is going to be capped at 30 frames per second on console that it shows that the we're almost at the end of life of the stated goal of current gen consoles trying to target target 60 fps i feel like that's a big question because <laughs> i feel like no i mean like seriously because it's it's i feel like it's trying to extrapolate like one big market like or one big call about the market from just that one title and i I think for me as a person who on console doesn't really pay as much attention to that kind of thing, um, I would say that I think you, you start to think more about that kind of thing when it becomes multiple titles as opposed to just the one. Yeah. So it's it is a pretty about, ambitious title too. Yeah. yeah, that too, right? Like that's a, like there's a lot of different things you take into consideration, and for everybody in the chat who's like, "Oh, console, haha, I'm so superior." It's like, hey, like let's not throw stones here because you know how many PC ports have been terrible this year? A lot. Mm-hmm. So 
if things have to be changed in certain ways for it to work on console, that's not actually different than what PC gamers have had to do with some of their titles. So it's it just kind of boils down to what the game's trying to achieve, like how much the developers have been able to um, do for optimization and the time frame they've been given for what they want, like for how fast they want to ship, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I try not to draw immediately, um, draw big, 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 big picture trends off of just that one thing, especially given that what, it's been only two years, not was it when did no two and a half years since the consoles launched? That's still pretty early in the life cycle for a console. You know, and I also want to point out it, it the it's beefy specs um, for a game anyway. The min min is a Ryzen five twenty six hundred X and a i seven sixty eight hundred K, sixteen gigs of RAM and a Radeon RX fifty seven hundred and a G four or a GeForce ten seventy Ti. That's the minimum. The recommended is a Ryzen 5 3600X or an i5 10600K, which uh, CPU doesn't, you don't need a lot of CPU, but they are recommending that you have a, a Radeon RX 6800 XT. <laughs> Again, that is a pretty beefy card or a GeForce RTX 2080. So it's, it's, um, it's an ambitious title. Yeah. So I wouldn't read too much into limiting it on slower consoles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm interested to check it out. Uh, feel free to pop out if you need to. Uh, oh, I yeah. think I saw another one that might have to deal with me, so I don't know if you want to take that one. Uh, which one? Um, another console one? No, it's uh about case case coverage. Oh yeah. Uh, I uh, it's a uh, Isle of Tech asks, are we going to see Elena do more PC case teardown videos and walkthroughs? <laughs> I thought you were going to read the whole thing. <laughs> oh. Well, they they appreciate um, them as do a lot of people. Um, I have been talking with Adam recently. There is a new case that hit my radar that I don't know has gotten a lot of coverage or buzz around that I would like to highlight. So we are chatting about that. Um, Video team has just been very busy this year, as I have been with other things. So it's just a matter of uh, sitting down and trying to get that to work out. I miss seeing them too. But they are are a lot of work. So for everybody involved. So that's kind of one of the reasons why there's it's a little bit harder to uh, make time for it. Can you say what the case was? Oh, uh, it is the uh, Jonesbow. Jonesbow. I'm not sure which way people pronounce it. Uh, C6. So it is a 15 liter micro ATX case, which I am very excited about. Hmm. And I've already built in it. Uh, I mentioned it actually in the Fulner Discord server. So uh, if you want to see some initial thoughts and uh, pictures, it's there. But I think it'd be kind of a fun teardown to do because it's so rare to see a micro ATX uh, case that goes that small. And the price is great. Um, I think it's kind of a it's a cool way for people who want to get into small form factor building to do so more affordably because you don't have to pay the mini ITX premium and the small form factor power supply premium as well. Hmm. You know, interesting um, something to note. I was talking with a motherboard vendor in uh, Taipei, and I was asking whether the a ten layer mini ITX board because some of them are like ten layers to jam the amount of crap they have on there. Is that more expensive than, say, a six-layer, you know, standard ATX motherboard? And they actually said that 
the mini ITX board because of the layers is actually more expensive than the, than you know you know considerably larger ATX board. So just take that as you want for the PCB cost. All right, uh, a couple more than we can get out of here. Um, let's see. Uh, New Tech, friend of the show, New Tech asks, uh, could you ever see Qualcomm going to uh, be in consoles in the future or the Switch or maybe other handhelds? Do you think Qualcomm can play there? Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible they want to get in there, but um, I don't know whether they would really be able to be competitive because there's so many considerations and from business where there makes sense to do it are you can you actually make it pay for itself do they actually have the performance to be in there i i don't know but it is yeah sure i could see them prioritizing it because they they really continually are making uh motions towards running pcs right they they really they did it again you know they they showed off something i thought recently but they they're in windows as part of it they they definitely want to see windows on arm as an alternative that people would run. So most companies want to eat somebody else's lunch. So it is possible whether that's actually feasible. I, I don't know. Uh, two more serious questions, two more, uh, two joke ones. Uh, Peter Burson asks uh, for options like streaming and editing photos slash videos. Would it be good to use NVIDIA or would AMD be a good option to use as well? Uh, you know, I would say generally you would lean toward NVIDIA. Uh, this comes towards that developer relations stuff. They have worked closely with, you know, Adobe to optimize for uh, for GeForce. But, you know, that doesn't mean it doesn't run on Radeon, but generally you're going to get a little better performance in, in some things out of NVIDIA than you will out of AMD. But, you know, Photoshop, honestly runs fine on Intel integrated. So not a big difference, but there are some things in within Photoshop, within Premiere, within a lot of these applications that just simply favor Nvidia because they have been throwing money at them for a long time. Money being developers going out to help them optimize for their hardware. So AMD is still playing catch up there. So generally, yes, Nvidia is the preferred platform um, for content creation however that doesn't mean radeon doesn't work you know generally it works pretty fine but you're you're just just you're just going to get a little more out of nvidia generally and then for streaming you know it's hard to say you know again um they're both pretty competent cards i i'd have to do some testing to see whether there's an actual difference i bet it's fine with radeon but again it comes down to money you've thrown at developers to make sure it runs on your hardware and that's just hard work that the companies with more resources have been doing for a while. Uh, yeah. And the, I'll, I'll tack onto that. I, I agree with Gordon. Uh, the, the thing that I always, or I guess there's two things. It's, it's like, imagine on the gaming side, right? It's like, if you're looking at a, a NVIDIA versus AMD GPU for gaming, AMD usually offers more bang for the buck for specifically gaming. And sure. They do have a lot of those same options that NVIDIA has, you know, like a broadcast equivalent or a, uh, you know, an upscaling equivalent, stuff like that, but it's just not not as refined. So it's more like the reverse side on the content creation where I think bang for your buck, you do get more out of NVIDIA. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's kind of like that that one-to-one -one there. But on the flip side, 
there's a difference for me at least between saying, "Hey, you know what? I I do I do some content creation and streaming uh, as a personal thing. That's one thing. But if you're doing it for work, that's a whole nother thing. When you're doing it for work, at least for me, I heavily prioritize stability and features and just knowing that it's going to work. But if you if you're just doing it on the side and it's not as crucial to you know you making money <laughs> to to live on, then you know it's like oh, okay, you know I I would have no problem with AMD. So AMD's not bad. I just think bank for your buck and stability for serious work. Uh, that's why I personally lean NVIDIA. So. Yeah, that's that's generally our degree. And Chris, Christian Nonkin, video and photo editing, colon, get a Mac. It just runs better on Mac OS. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say the only thing I, I would say for that is that audio. Audio on a Mac is oh, yeah. always going to be superior <laughs> for for many reasons. That's the only time that I'm like, yeah, if, if you're serious and audio definitely look at a mac yeah uh, but for video and photo i mean unless you're heavily into like ProRes and you just really want to use final cut you know then yeah sure there's no other option than a mac but yeah and i think the thing to do if you're just a severe super fan of either i think it's ridiculous i was just giving you uh, a ration but you pick the tool that works best for you yeah and if anyone thinks blankly mac os is better for photo and video editing you got you got <laughs> You got a real surprise coming to you because there are definitely some things that PC will kick the crap out of that Mac on, and there's some things that the Mac will kick the crap yeah. out of the PC on. Depends you, on what you do. It depends on what you do. Evaluate the tool for what works for you, but don't blindly believe what some dude again or dudette in Reddit tells you because it's better. Because it really comes down to what you do. Because there's some things. Believe me, you could look at our video. We did a MacBook uh, versus a, 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 a Razer with Intel and uh, and NVIDIA, and that Intel and NVIDIA system, ooh-wee, it smoked that MacBook Pro. I'm 16. On the MacBook Pro, In 16? certain ways, yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely, well, a lot of ways, it just kicked its ass in a lot of ways. And there's some things that the MacBook would kick at the uh, PC, and it just comes down to, you take the ridiculous, you know, team support out of it and pick the tool that's what they want you to do is just think i have to buy this because i support this team you have to evaluate it um on what the hardware is don't don't just don't blindly believe people <laughs> uh last serious question a friend of the show uh milo hayek uh aka vipers hardware had a, a really long post in in the discord uh q a uh talking about how they've had an sd card crap out on them uh it's it's What's happened is that it's showing locked, uh, that it, it can't read or write to it, uh, you know, and, and they can't get their data off. I've, I tried to talk to them a little bit um, about it and also just, just say, hey, you know what? I have plenty, have had plenty of times where an SD card, I use a lot of SD cards and I've had plenty of them be crap, uh, especially micro SD cards. Uh, so, Gordon, what, what do you, do you have any advice? Have, have you run into problems with uh, SD cards uh, being reliable? <laughs> I I actually have not, frankly. Oh, okay. I don't really I don't really run them as hard as I used to. And then honestly, for me, most of the DSLR platforms I use are CF anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, generally, I would say, you know, I've always favored like Sandisk Pro kind of cards, Pro Extremes, they're whatever. That, so if you if you buy a card that it always feels like it's a ripoff because like wow, I'm just paying so much more for it. You know, I would generally say buy a higher rated card from a known company. I would bet though, I honestly, in my heart, 
I'm, I'm making this guess, but I, I would say 80 to 90% of your problem is you bought that card off of Amazon. It was a name brand card, but the amount of cards, um, memory cards you buy off Amazon that are just totally bogus ass counterfeit cards is insane. So there's actually a good chance that the card you have was basically a counterfeit card from the get go. And that may be the heart of it, but you know, it is, it is the, the counterfeit stuff that goes on with, especially with micro SD and SD cards is, is pretty, pretty nutso. Uh, what do you, do you have any recommendations on how to recover? Uh, do, do you know any good tools on how to recover information um, from a SD card? Well, I would say if it's that valuable, you have to pay a professional to do it. So that's the unfortunate answer. Mm-hmm. Professionals might be able if like I lose this data, then I'm just going to like cry for months. You may have to pay a professional. If it's something you just want to screw around with, sometimes like there are some tools out there. Maybe if you erase the card, you know, like there's, there's things out there, but I, it's, yeah, it's really hard to get it off of there. Like have you ever done that where you've actually, like the card is corrupt. The file system is somehow corrupted. So if you actually erase the card and then recover the, and then you can actually then use a recovery program to recover the images. Typically, that's on there. Then. Yeah, because it's not actually writing completely new ones and zeros. It's, yeah, it's just deleting the the yeah. database, and you can hopefully go back and retrieve it. Yeah, I, I mean, most of the time, I mean, the professional cameras we use write to two cards. You know, at this or that's how I set them up. So then it's like, oh, okay, well, if one craps out, which I've had, then it's like, oh, okay, well, at least I have the recording on another card as well. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's not fun. It's not, and and that's. I mean, that's like high level. Uh, uh, products as well. Not you know. Anyway, uh, uh, a fun one to take us out of here. Uh, I was hoping Brad could stick around for this one, but <laughs> I think this would be funny. Anyway, a uh, friend of the show, Liquid R, uh, said, uh, "Here's a hi- hypothetical scenario: If you had a football, a foot long sandwich, okay, that is cut into two, so you order a foot long, it's cut into two. They give you two pieces, uh, but they're not symmetrical when they cut it." Do you eat the larger half first and save the smaller half for later? Eat the smaller half first and save the larger half for later? Eat the larger half first and then the smaller half? Or eat the smaller half first and then the larger half? <laughs> huh. I was waiting for this question. Really? <laughs> yeah. What's your answer then? Um, it's very context dependent. <laughs> uh, usually, I can, tell, I can only tell you what usually happens. So I will go in there. And I will cut the sandwich. And first of all, I'll be annoyed that I didn't actually cut it perfectly 50-50. And then second, um, I will tell myself to eat the portion that will be the right amount for my amount of hunger at that time. Uh, And often that's the larger half. But what actually happens, I just eat the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like, would you stop the person? I was like, whoa, whoa, don't cut that. I want to eat the whole damn thing, right? Don't cut it. No, I prefer having it cut because I feel like when you have the full, like a sandwich, if you start from one end, you have more of a chance of everything just like squishing out the back half of mm-hmm. it. Whereas if you have like two discrete pieces, it's it's like a little easier to maintain the integrity of having all the parts stay like where you want them to be as you're eating the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I would, de- I default to eating the larger half first and then being if yeah. if I'm going to have one to save for later like like the sandwich place we go to for lunch right like they they make huge sandwiches so 
the ones that we get here. I, I can never eat the whole thing. But I usually look and I'm like, okay, but I'm hungry enough to get the, you know, at least the larger half and I would save the smaller half for later. That's that's me personally. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd probably eat the larger half first, but I generally will eat the whole damn thing. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I think the thing that is like, honestly, I, I think my problem though is like, who can even tell the difference? Like generally, you know, because they're eyeballing Sometimes it. Sometimes they're sloppy. Them. It can't be that. Like, they, how off can they be? Uh, sometimes oh, it's, it's noticeable. Sloppy. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the- like, I feel like once you get past like a centimeter or so, it's very, very, very obvious already. I just, I just honestly can't. Like, I'm. It's like the person, the people who sued Subway because, like, wait a minute, this isn't the correct length. It's like what? It's bread. Remember, they got sued because, like, this oh, foot long yeah. is only eleven inches long. <laughs> oh, and uh, uh in advertising. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the chat saying uh, eat both uh, for sure. Um, and then, or, yeah, some people say don't cut it. Uh, and then uh, Lindsay says diagonal cut. Uh, and then you eat the messier side first and wrap the rest. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Eat the messier half first. You you mean, wait, wait. No, no, no diagonal. Wait. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's easier to see if, if it's two cuts. It's easier to see if it's asymmetrical down, down a center cut. But if it's more like a diagonal cut, then it's kind of a little bit harder. You know, I actually think that people... I actually kind of am now, I'm changing my mind. I think. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind because I think you people who actually oh, would like people. be so, oh, were the OCD about like this sandwich thing? Like, what are you going to like? Do you expect them to put it in some kind of rig? Like, some kind of, you put it in a jig and then they have to like, it like has it like, like a laser cuts the damn thing. Like, you want the thing exactly cut no, no, in the no, middle? It's no, just nobody's a, saying it needs to be cut in the middle. We're just saying. I I expect it to not be cut symmetrically. I'm not e- expecting them to do it symmetrically. I'm expecting it doesn't get cut symmetrically. So which which choice do I make then? I guess I I'm thinking y'all are overthinking this because it's just a sandwich. <laughs> like honestly, you were just like I don't know. I don't I don't know which one's bigger. It's so close. Whatever. It's just a sandwich. Why are you overthinking? Like I just think you're so OCD you're about mi- this. Mixing sandwiches. I don't think you're yeah, going to enjoy it either way. What? I have preferences. It doesn't mean I don't eat the sandwich, Gordon. <laughs> Whoa, well, hey, I want to return the sandwich. Well, why? Because it's not it's not symmetrically cut. I just don't. <laughs> I said it bothers me slightly. I didn't say that I don't eat the sandwich. <laughs> I don't go living my life. I do. <laughs> and Bob Jones says, uh, Gordon going for the outrage. I just think like you call people <laughs> are like. Call me is tired, Gordon. Let it rest in the stables. Yeah, yeah. I just can't like, I just like, I'm like. Feed, oh, what you know are you what? thinking feed, about? Feed the pony sandwich. the other half of the sandwich. There you go. <laughs> like I could see like this like perfect like CNC machine that's built out of aluminum and everything. And it's like, it's got like. And it's so precise, it's actually going to be metric system, not our sloppy-ass, you know, imperial system. So it's going to be like, <laughs> it's got to be right. We're going to, like, you know, weigh each side? Would I, I, like, that would be funny. Whoa, this side has one more pickle than the other side. You know what? Safeway sandwiches? I don't, I mean, Safeway is a grocery chain in, like, at least the western U.S. I don't know how far uh, east it spreads. But whenever time I've gone to a Safeway place for sandwiches, they actually have pretty good deli sandwiches. Yeah. They use that like metal like glove thing so that you see it, right? Like they yeah. don't want like it's it's, it's like it's the, like a foot uh, like a, a shoe uh, it, measure. No, it's like freaking chainmail for their hands because I guess apparently their knives are that sharp where they have to do it as a safety thing. And <laughs> oh. honestly, adding in one more layer of it where like they put the sandwich some kind of like special cutter would not surprise me if that was what they were doing <laughs> yeah the sandwich rig 
Like it's like, and then like, I, I yeah, okay. It's just a uh, sandwich. Don't overthink it. All right. Well, and it's uh, like, listen real, real quick. Uh, Lindsay says, uh, don't overthink it. Says the guy who ranked coffee places in the beginning. Gordon, don't yes, overthink it. Thank just, you, Lindsay. Just drink coffee. If you ever had, no, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, because you know okay. what? I was saying, I was telling Luis, like that Dunkin' Donut coffee, it's basically like toilet water. Don't overthink like, it, Gordon. I don't even like. Don't overthink it, Gordon. Just drink the coffee. No, no, that's it's ridiculous. Because yeah. you can tell it's the coffee. difference. It's the same thing. It's terrible coffee. <laughs> but I'm not talking about like how my sandwich, by the way, is my tummy going to know the difference over which one is bigger or smaller? I don't care. The tummy's not like, no, no. We got to have in-order sandwich processing here. <laughs> Give me the longer piece and then the shorter piece. Okay. No. So, Gordon, we're just going to blend all of your food together and just give it to you as a slurry because it doesn't matter. It's all yeah, going to be gonna go mixed I would together have, I'd okay. anyway. Actually, I'd be okay he, with no, that. He probably would. <laughs> like a sandwich slurp, you could make a new thing. <laughs> Ugh. You just kind of like blend the, the whole sandwich. The oh, no, it's lunchtime. We, yeah. we need to get out here. You're right. We need to go to our sandwich place and we're going to inspect how well they cut it. I just half. like, and I'm going to watch. Discord. I'm going to figure out which half Gordon goes for. Yeah. I just like the, the, the sandwich rig that you have to like get this thing on. And like, I just like, <laughs> there's lasers. It measures it. It probably does like a 3d scan of it. That would actually be really fun. Uh, all right. Yeah. Gordon, get us out of here. I'm hungry. Check back next week for your <laughs> fix-up PC talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, sc- subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a review because then either uh, Adam or Elaine will break out their sandwich rig to make sure <laughs> the sandwich is cut perfectly down the middle so they don't have to make the hard choice over eating the longer piece of the <laughs> Subway sandwich. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas, who left. Elena Yee. Bye, everybody. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to be measuring the uh, Subway sandwich this lunchtime. Uh, and taking Gordon's sandwich and putting it in a blender so he can drink it through. <laughs> uh, I will report back over on Discord. Thank you, everybody. We will see you later. Goodbye. That's how the astronauts eat it. <laughs> <laughs>